When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are we recording? Are we recording? Dang. Wow. Well done, mate. Thank you. Greetings, travellers. Hello. Um, podcasties. Podcasters. No, podcasties. Podcast. Worms. <laughs> Podcast legs. Yes. User up for another podcast. <laughs> Do you want one? You're coming back for more. Yeah. Little podcast. <laughs> Any new. Up you. <laughs> Up you? I don't know. Oh, that's Up. a strange. You're well. not. Afraid. You see, that's how we know you're not really a tough guy because tough guys don't go. Up you. <laughs> that's much more creepy, dangerous loner sort of thing to say. Sorry, that I, I, I've muscled into your domain there yeah, of being a, a, a dangerous loner. Leave, cre- leave creepy to me. Um, okay, you do creepy. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, slightly less creepy. Um, welcome, welcome to back. the creepy cast. Anyway, um, this is Harkolistin. Episode 7, Part 2, um, mm-hmm. featuring... Um, Tony, Tony, Tony Rod. Uh, Anthony Rodders. Uh, <laughs> Tony Rod. Um, Ruddy Tony. Uh, Roddy Bottom. Um, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Tony. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Tone. Sorry, Tone. Yeah. Um Part two, obviously you've listened to Dan one. If you haven't, go back and download it, you slags. It's um, it's Tony just talking about his top five sweets and not posh desserts that you get at your Claridge's or your your posh restaurants where he twiddles his moustache and bakes A-grade food. Um, hmm. He just bought around a shitload of different penny sweets and stuff and we got off our titties on sugar hmm. and spoke about it, which was great fun. Uh, today, however, um, he has a different list, which we will not tell you about. We will leave that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, big shout out to the Distraction Pieces crew. Inside, Scroobius Pitt, Dr. Susie Gage, and the big man, Jason Reed, and the small man, Jim. Oh, you set that Sorry. all up I for Jim's small man, up. didn't you? I saw it coming. Yeah. I didn't set it up. Was, oh, Brilliant. I've got no notes written on my hand, mate. I think everyone knows that now. Right. Yeah, sorry about that, people. Sorry, well, so, sorry, Jim, as well. Yeah, I've used your name in vain there, yeah. my friend. As if you was referencing his ding dong. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even make that connection. Well, you, you did. You put your little finger where your crutch is <laughs> and just wiggled it about when you said it. 
right, so um, have we done have we done the shout-outs for that? Let's do a big, um, quick advert for Redshift Rebels, which is um, our events and clothing brand. Yeah, um, we're gonna... going swimming, Lee, but we're going to be changing up. You might have seen now that our Instagram page for Hardcore Listening has now got its own legs, so now we can sort of focus back on the Redshift Rebels being about fashion events and music and, and art yeah. and events. So, yeah, that's what, that's what we'll be doing there, yeah. man. So... Um, yeah, if you want to come to any of our events, um, there's 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 plenty. Um, we do uh, the we are lizards. Uh, we are lizards event with um, with our man Scroob. Um, always have loads of cool guests there. We've mm-hmm. had the likes of Zane Lowe, DJ Yoda, mm-hmm. Madness, uh, Africa Bambata. Um, We've had some some bods there and Richard our resident, Rebels. Written, uh, our resident DJs, Destruction, Discotech Credits um, are the real fucking deal. They are, uh, they are. And then we do have a nice warm up back by Disco Stew. Thank you very much. Playing predominantly um, 90s R&B. Um, certainly not, nothing uh, that come out after about 94. No. Um, Chris also will be playing <laughs> late 90s, early millennium um, hey! club classics. What's wrong, wrong with you? you? You're looking kind of fine to me. Things ain't... How's it going? No, just leave it there. Should we leave it? Leave, leave it, it mate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and also, um, the Pink Toothbrush is a nightclub in Essex as well, um, where I am at a lot because it's my little baby and... It's great, um, and if you ever want to come down, hit me up, and I will ensure you have a fun night. I won't be touching anybody. No one said you was. This is no. going back to this, no, I know. these but accusations you, you, you were you saying about You can't invite gym. people out to have a good, and then offer them a good time, because if, if you, it doesn't sound as bad if I say it. If, if I heard you <laughs> say that to someone, I'd think, that's really mm. dangerous. Name one person who hasn't had a lovely evening with me that's <laughs> alive to to deny it. That time I see security removing you from the female toilets at the book club <laughs> um, at, right. at, at 10 minutes after the club had shut. Okay. Um, I'd left, I'd, someone asked me to check, check in there. They'd left a purse in there or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. It looked far more... I wouldn't say you come across as a good citizen, more <laughs> a sexual deviant. Mm. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, had there a... Oh, do you know what? I'm going to stop talking. It's I gonna, don't want to go to jail. Yeah, no, you don't you. need to go to jail. I can't do oh, this on my own. We've got a podcast own. if you yeah. <laughs> Christ. Um, please enjoy episode seven, part two. Of the Hardcore Listing Podcast with Chris and Stu and our super, super trendy special guest, Tony Rod. Peace. Just want to get the last word in. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. So we are back for part two of our hardcore listing podcast. Good talk. Oh, continental, and um, <laughs> with uh, our good friend Tony Wad. Hello. All right. What's your tone? Been a All while. Right. 
Um, it's been about two and a half minutes, hasn't it, since yeah. the last one, and we're buzzing. Normally we're off. <laughs> we're normally <laughs> off. We're normally fucked on booze, um, but we're literally. We'll put a picture on the um, hardcore listing um, Instagram or Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. of this evening's spread because it looks like. A kid's party. It does, yeah. Right. Tony Rodmeister finalist brings um, sweets. <laughs> yeah, it just brings uh, the ultimate sugar rush. Uh, so we're all a little bit wired on sugar. Um, but we're, um, we've, we've, we've done sweets. Um, we've put we them have. to bed now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so we're moving on to Tony's next list. Um, would you like to um, break this one down for us? What, I'd love to, Stuart. Thank you. Um, so my second top five is alternative westerns. Um, I'm a huge western fan. Always have been. Um, I like the romanticism of a western. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good versus evil of a western. Yeah. Uh, the music, the style, the clothes. Um, if I had to go back in time. Um, then yeah, that'd be great. You know, it's that whole, you work on the land and you grow stuff and you shoot people and yeah, yeah you know, none of this, I sit behind a computer all day and tap away at a screen. Yeah. That, that's not for me. So for me, the the Western has this romantic quality to it. Um, the problem is, is the kind of Westerns that I think of when I go to for my first kind of thought is the original, um, probably more for me, Clint Eastwood's than John Wayne's. Yeah. But I do think back to some of the John Waynes and um, and the likes in that era. But it's more Clint Eastwoods and Kevin Costner's, yeah. you know, the Unforgivens and the Cracking. Tombstones, yeah. and yeah, and they're absolutely brilliant. Mm. But over recent years, I think we've had a real resurgence, and we've had people like Quentin Tarantino, yeah, um, with Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight, that I think are two fantastic films. Yeah, but obviously not in my top five. <laughs> we've had some great remakes of old classics mm-hmm. um, they had a, a recent remake of The Magnificent Seven yep, yep. and I'm always a little bit dubious about remakes yeah, yeah. I don't think they did a bad job no, I, they, I enjoyed it yeah it was very different to the original film yeah. um, and The Magnificent Seven is essentially a remake of uh, Seven Samurais mm-hmm. um, and you know a Samurai Films was another kind of potential top five I was going to do yeah, and, and that story's been redone in so many different ways there is also a samurai western film, um, The Good, The Bad and The Samurai, I think it's called, or something like that, which is, um, again, another really good kind of western but samurai type film. And I think there are so many really good ones. So what I'd want it to do is look at anything post-2000 and that maybe was just a little bit alternative, not necessarily mm-hmm. sticking to the rules. Um, you know, it's something I'm passionate about. I absolutely love it. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I went. It's a good choice. I've got to say, it's tough to not try and ask you for your, your top five samurai movies. And the one that you said about the good debate, is that, was it actually called Kung Fu Hustle? Oh, no, so Kung Fu Hustle is another one oh. that I absolutely adore. That was dope, wasn't it? And it's such a, it's like a comedy Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, and yeah, samurai and Kung Fu films for me are also, yeah, they're up yeah. there. Um, I'm not a TV person, never have been. I haven't mm. got the time for it now. I didn't when I was younger. Mm. But films are great because with films, I can dedicate an hour and a half of my life to it. Stu's looking confused. No, I'm looking at your list. Just oh, okay. to refresh myself, because there was a TV show recently. Yes, the, there was. And that's not on your... Uh, it's not on my list, but it's on right. my kind of uh, honourable mentions. Okay. Um, so, yeah, for me, like 
T- TV shows are hard to get into if mm. I can't commit an hour every week, same yeah. sort of time of the day, mm-hmm. especially working in kitchens. Yeah. Whereas with a film, I can do an hour and a half, watch it at night, go to bed, done. There's a payoff there. You yeah, understand Absolutely, it, yeah. yeah, and it's over. It's not like a soap. And that's that's my issue with soaps, is they're always trying to drag a story to the next, or whatever. To the next episode. You've got to watch the next movie, one. Yeah, exactly. you, can take, you take the whole theme from it, can't you? And you can learn lessons from it as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. See, I, I like talking about... Um, like habits, like uh, mm. when, when watching, as we said, when you go to cinema, you have your habit of what you buy. Yep. You eat it all before the film starts. So you're at home and you've got a DVD and you're going to watch a film with. Did you watch films with your missus? Or yeah, yeah, we watch yeah. them together. Yeah. Yeah. Similar sort of tastes. Uh, yeah, we do have similar tastes as well. I've only just introduced her to westerns of late. She's yeah. never really been into those. She likes horrors. I'm not a massive horror fan, but otherwise we have similar tastes mm. in movie. Um, there's been a couple that maybe one of us likes and the other one doesn't, yeah, but that's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Because my life is a bit weird with work, whereas hers is a bit more traditional, nine to five, um, the films we'll watch together will be in an evening and it might be during dinner or it might be we'll eat dinner and then we'll sit down on the sofa to watch a film. Um, I will also watch films on my own during the day mm-hmm. if I'm working on menus yeah. or they'll just be in the background and often it's a film that I've seen before. Yeah. Don't have a habit as much when I'm at home. I think, you know, when you're at home, it you just get on with your normal life. Um, inevitably, there'll be a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, later on in the film, there might be some cheese. But, you know, in terms of habits, no, we, we just sit down and, and watch a film and um, and get cosy. Uh, and that's it, yeah. Lovely. No better way to get cosy than with cheese and wine. Absolutely. That's the answer. But I think the uh, resurgence is good. And you mentioned a TV show, um, and I'll mention it now, but Westworld, the new Westworld series. So obviously it was a film from back in the, I think, 70s maybe. Yul Brynner. That's it, Yul Brynner. And obviously, you know, one of the greatest cowboys. Um, Him in The Magnificent Seven, you know, what what an absolute dude. And that haircut, you know, I've been sporting it for years. Um, So Yul Brynner's a, a bit of a legend and then they obviously remade West, Westworld but from a slightly different perspective. Mm. And I was so excited when that came out and I think they did it justice. I know mm. some people didn't like it but I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Smashed it. And I think the next series is going to be really exciting. Mm. You know, there's a few different ways they could go. The samurai world may, maybe, uh, maybe not. So I think, um, you know, resurgence of, of that was great. Um, I think my all-time favourite um, has got to be Butch and Sundance. Yeah. And my dog is called Butch. Funnily enough, he's Butch Cassidy, um, and we're looking to get him a uh, another little sister or brother who will be called the Sundance Kid. Um, you know, it, it's important to me that film, and I've got a bit of a man crush on both Robert Redford and uh, Paul Newman. I think in that film, yeah, I think yeah. you know, absolute legends. So yeah, so I think growing up for me, it's always been something that's been so pretty good. Did you get this this sort of uh, affection for <clears throat> westerns from? parents like growing up because i don't think so um i i think growing up so my dad wasn't really around when i was a kid um but my mum was and because it was her on her own she used to have to work full time um cook for us clean for us um and as a result we didn't really spend much time watching tv or films or listening to music apart from really on a sunday afternoon or evening when it was like the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or whatever it was at the time that it was on. Um, so I'm not entirely sure where it came in. Uh, but I think certainly in my teens, when I had more control over what I watched and was able to dictate what my taste would be, mm. that's when I found a passion for it. Because mm. um, yeah. I, I, I like a Western and I, I grew up, my, my dad loves them. 
and uh, as did my granddad. And I remember growing up watching True Grit, and even watching things like Paint Your Wagon yep. and, and, and things like that. And, and the soundtrack to that as well. They're brilliant. Like, and, the music in Westerns and, are just phenomenal. Yeah. And, yeah, and and so I was surprised that Django didn't make your top five um, because I thought the whole thing with Django, the score, the I, I thought it was couldn't have been any better. I absolutely love Django. And that's the problem is uh, with this category, I wanted to put in so many films yeah. and tried to narrow it down to eliminate so many. I mean, True Grit, both the original and the remake yeah, yeah. Um, are phenomenal films. I absolutely love them. However, I think the films that I've gone for, when I look through my list, they're all quite dark yeah. and gritty. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that I love about a Western it is that bleakness uh, of landscape and of music. And, you know, I, I really like that. And, yeah, I'd considered putting in, um, what's the Clint Eastwood film? Gran Torino. Yep. Which, again, isn't a traditional Western, but has that kind of Western gunslinger vibe to it. And For Clint sure. Eastwood. And I considered putting that in there. And, again, I looked at it and it's like, that's another bleak film. Yeah. But um, I think, for me, that is what is one of the things that really stands out about a really good Western mm-hmm. when they are bleak. Yeah. Um, and Shane, which I think is one of the ultimates. If you, if you know, you need to go and see a Western and you don't mind watching an older film is, is great. And it has an ending. I won't, I'm trying not to do any spoilers in this yeah, section yeah, yeah. of the podcast, but um, the ending in Shane uh, leaves you fairly uh, unsure about exactly what's happening um, uh, as to his demise, so to speak. And I haven't seen Shane. It's, it's a beautiful film Wicked. and it will reference it later but um it's yeah i think it's that about about the western that i'm i, I find so romantic right okay so some of the, the actual trials and tribulations and the darker side of it as well so it's a absolutely bit of, a, bit of a dark romance thing. yeah yeah i think yeah. it really is yeah yeah how about you chris you, you like yeah all? do you know what so um a bit like what tony says so i was introduced by things like unforgiven Comedy side was more like was it Matt? What was the Mav, what was Maverick? Maverick. One? Yeah, yeah. Was poker it? Which one was with funny, quite uh, funny. yeah. But the other one, the one that really started getting me into it, was the one with Three um, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you better say Charlie Sheen. City Slickers. Slickers. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, the one with him and Emilio Estevez, and Emilio is Billy the Kid. Ah, oh, um, amazing Young Guns. Young yeah, Guns, young guns. yeah, brilliant. So Young Guns really dialed me into it, I think. Um, but I didn't really dig the old school westerns for years and I'd say it's only in the last five years I really I watched uh, is, is it called High Plains Drifter or Drifter yep. or High Plains Drifter High Plains Drifter yeah with uh, Clint Eastwood and I watched that it was actually snowboarding actually everyone had gone to bed and I was smashing a bottle of whiskey on my own and perfect drink just, for a exactly, western yeah and, uh, and I was just sat there going fucking hell what have I been missing good spaghetti um, western as well and that's mm, the thing is you know that, that genre of western I think is brilliant yeah, and that that really took took mm. me back into it. But way before that, what you're talking about with these alternative westerns, I mean, you've got you've you've nailed a lot of these. To, you know, I'd, if if you'd ask honestly, if you asked me, I'd have put put a lot of these in there. Um, and actually, it's funny because until you said things like Chang, the yeah, Tarantino's were hard one. I'd be tempted to potentially pull Django in there. I mean, I enjoyed the Hateful Eight. The weird thing about Tarantino films is I've only seen Django once, and I've only seen Hateful Eight once. And my when I like Tarantino films, it's normally third, fourth watches when I oh, really yeah. start going crazy for them. I haven't been back to Hateful Eight. Mm. Oh, it's at the cinema. It looked incredible, 
because of the, the, the landscape it was yeah. shot in. Um, I've watched Django a lot because, right. and, and I think, you know, that, that obviously and I think you're right. The, mu- it, yeah. the music in that is fantastic. It's a bit too caricatured for me. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's just gone a bit too far for me. Definitely. I did was tempted with the Revenant. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, a moody film. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. watch that and you feel cold watching it. But um, but that kind of didn't quite make it. There were so many that were close. Um, there's a Viggo Mortensen film called The Road that um, nearly brilliant. made yeah, me yeah, slip yeah, my own wrists. Mm-hmm. But um, again, it was kind of... I just I loved aspects of it, the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really difficult one to make that decision. So uh, drill, drill, drill down your specifics here because obviously you've mentioned lots of films that are, people that are listening might not think that's, well, a that's Western. Western. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think for me, a Western is um, it's good versus evil. It's uh, it's often a protagonist. Um, there's often like the good guy trying to save someone or redeem himself yeah. or prove himself. Yeah, yeah, salvation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the bad guy is often bad. But then what's also quite good and interesting is when you look back through what a traditional Western is, mm. the bad guys wear a black hat. Yeah. The good guys wear a white hat. The bad guys often ride across the screen left to right. The good guys often ride across the screen right to left. You know, there are some no, real um, sort of like basic rules in Westerns of right. the older days. And in a lot of these films, you still have that. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, The Revenant, is it a Western? There's cowboys, there's Indians, kind of to a certain extent. But it's there's other aspects of it that I kind of feel put it into that. But it is, it's a, you know, I'm fairly tenuous with my, but I put chocolate in sweets. Mm. Uh, yeah, what do I know? <laughs> what know do nothing, I know? Um, and, I, you know, I've, I, uh, I listen to a number of podcasts, and obviously this is my number one. Thank um, you. Very much. Obviously. <laughs> Subscribe now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, donate. But um, I also listen to a podcast called Wittertainment. Um, and hello to Jason Isaacs. Any wit attainees will understand what I'm doing right now. Um, but basically, you know, Mark Kermo talks a lot about westerns and um, films that, again, don't necessarily fit into that category traditionally, but that he feels maybe works. And I agree with him on, on some of them that, yeah, they absolutely can fit into that uh, if you look at them in the right way. Yeah. Okay, well, do you want to kick things off? Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with a Coen Brothers film. Um, I think they're quality, fantastic directors. Mm. It's 2007. It's No Country for Old Men. Oh, what film? Um, yeah, it's, it's superb. There's um, a superb uh, performance by, I think, all three of the main actors, Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem, when they asked him to do it, he basically said, well, I don't speak English. Um, I, you know, I, I can't ride a horse. I don't know what to do. I'm not very good at this. And they said, yeah but we want you in it because of all of those reasons yeah and he went well I want to be in it because I like the Coen brothers Mm. Um, so they put him in it he is pretty much predominantly in black Um, Tommy Lee Jones predominantly has a cream to white hat so they are ticking off the boxes Um, I think Josh Brolin in it is fantastic and just leaves this wake of destruction behind him which is often the case he has that um, that moral dilemma that you often get in a western that he's got to make a decision on. Yeah. Um, he stumbles across a fuckload of cash at the beginning of the film and he needs to decide what does he do with that money. Yeah. And that moral dilemma um, then plays through the rest of the film. Javier Bardem, he plays the bad guy and he's not a quick draw in the sense that he's not there with a gun on his belt and he's you know, gunslinging around the, the room. 
but he's got the most awesome version of a pistol that is the opposite of that. It's a slow yeah. draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scary as fuck. He is, he is creepy as fuck. And it's brilliant. And he plays that so well. Yeah. Um, and then Tommy Lee Jones is the kind of tired, worn out sheriff who's basically on their tail. Um, and it's this good versus evil. It's the moral dilemma. Um, it's the dark versus light. It's the um, the destruction that gets left behind them all. There's um, there's a scene that um, Javier Bardem leaves where there is blood absolutely everywhere. And apparently the Coen brothers had to go out and um, spend more money than they planned because the fake blood that they were buying was something like $800 a gallon. <laughs> because if they used the traditional blood, fake blood that you see in films, which is made yeah. with sugar syrup, they'd have just been covered in flies. But there was so much blood left in this scene that they had to go and buy the expensive stuff. And they were like, well, we weren't expecting to spend that much money on a film. <laughs> really? Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it for me is just an ultimate, ultimate film that crosses so many different boundaries. They were filming at the same time uh, another western, but that didn't make my top five. There will be blood, yeah, um, right. which I didn't really get on with. Um, I didn't think it was great, but they were filming it at the same time as this um, in a similar part of the country. Mm. And there was a day where they had to stop filming because um, they were testing out blowing up some oil rigs on There Will Be Blood. Mm. And there was this massive plume of smoke in the background of a shot that the Coen brothers wanted to use. So they had to postpone <laughs> filming for a day. But um, 2007 was a fantastic year for quality, Westerns and yeah. yeah, good quality films. And I think for me, this was like the number one of that, that year. I got so lucky because the girl I was seeing at the time's mum... Uh, was on the the board for um, the um, reviewing movies for for I don't know like what BMI um, or something like that. Yeah, yep. And so she had them all. Brilliant. And we get I got to watch all of that swathe of movies at that time, which was all really high quality. And of course, you you just get like every now and then you'd get like this is for the that such yeah, and yeah, such yeah, board yeah, yeah. across the front. But I had all of those, and No Country for the Old Old Men was the one that stood out the most. I think how they structure the plot. Um, they do very clever things with direction in that movie. Like there's characters who, who I won't say what happens obviously in case you haven't seen it, although we ruin loads of stuff on this podcast, but Generally there's cool. scenes where they don't actually show you what happens. Yep. And, the, um, and then characters are no longer part of the, the film. And there's an almost like an, you feel like there's an absence there. Yeah. Like yeah. a loss because of it, because yeah. you, like, you, it's unresolved for you. And there are some fantastic supporting clever. actors. I mean, Woody Harrelson's in it, and oh, he's bloody brilliant. Yeah. And you just think, well, okay, yeah, he needs to be. But the fact they've got those three main characters all doing their own thing, um, there's, there's almost like a, ca a crime caper going on at the same time. Um, I just think it's awesome. And it's slow paced, mm. which for me kind of ticks a box. Yeah. Um, I haven't got the mental capabilities of like dealing with lots of stuff going on at once all the time. Right. So having a slow film sometimes works for me. Um, the music in it's great. The cinema photog photography in it is beautiful. I just think it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Super. It really holds true of uh, mm -hmm. like an alternative Western, definitely. The character arcs, like that is Javier Bardem in it. Oh my God, he is he is a true villain. He is a good bad guy. We were talking about villains on a podcast the other day and I think mm. his name got thrown up. Him, him and James Bond as well. Oh, um, what yeah. yeah, of course. It was Stop actually that. quality, yeah. that. He, that, so. that. That came straight into my top five villains, I think, for yep. Bond. Mm. Because he because he really really worked at portraying that character, didn't he? Yeah. Admit, like almost, you know, like even when he was coming on to James in a... Mm. 
in the like in the interrogation, the interrogation scene. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Really so well done. Mm. But yeah, great actors. And Tommy Lee Jones, for me, is kind of the ultimate Western kind of guy. He's <laughs> yeah. got that kind of gnarly voice. Yeah, yeah. He's got the look down. Um, grizzled face. He looks like he's been weathered out in the sun for like months at a time. Mm. So for me, you know, Tommy Lee Jones as the sheriff, that is also a, a really good fit. So um, yeah, I think No Country for Old Men, worthy number five. So... I just got some really bad cramp though. <laughs> so all the sugar. Yeah, I think it is. Um, Who's going to rush me for a second? <laughs> um, so, in regards to you're talking about westerns, that do, do you musically country and western? Does that appeal? Because uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, my my music taste um, is very eclectic. I think one of the things that I picked up from working with Stuart at the uh, the Pink Toothbrush many many moons ago um, is that I fucking hate alternative music now. Mm. Um, but I th- I think it's more a sense that. I got bored of the ten or so years that I worked there listening to very similar indie grunge tracks over and over again right, right. Yep. that I wanted to expand my music uh, horizon and I'd often get in the car to go home and stick on jazz FM or classic FM mm-hmm. just for variety mm-hmm. and I found that I actually quite liked other alternative types of music mm-hmm. so yeah country and western music to a certain extent I do like mm-hmm. um, but wouldn't necessarily make it into my top 10 playlist yeah but things like kind of rock and roll, yeah. like traditional American rock and roll would. So I think I've got Elvis in my top 10 that I might have given you. Yeah, well, we should say, shouldn't we, that um, what we're going to start doing is try and get all guests, if they don't you know, choose music as their, mm. as their list, to, to put together a little sort of list of Spotify playlists. Spotify playlists. Yeah. That, um, you know, just because we all like to talk about music and, um, yeah, just put together a few tracks and we'll, we'll put them on our... Uh, um, YouTube. So just just search Spotify. Sorry, not YouTube. Sorry, spot. Um, search Spotify. Christ, I can't even get my words out. Right, search Spotify. You're uh, flying, aren't you? It's that fucking sugar, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> um, search Spotify. Um, hardcore listing. Um, Tony Rod playlist, and um, and go and have a little look at what Tony listens to. It's a weird one. They don't work together necessarily. Yeah. But, There's uh, no Johnny Cash or Loretta Lynn, is there? There isn't any no. Johnny Cash. And it was it was really hard, because for me, you know, my music taste is broad, and it is very much based on the mood I'm in. I won't watch a Western every night of the week, mm. but if I'm in the mood for a Western, I will. It's the same with music. You know, I've got on there um, a lot of what I class as sort of old mod music. I used to ride a scooter. Um, I used to ride Vespers and Lambrettas, um, and massively love the mod scene. Um, so I've got the who 515 um i've got some uh, ocean color scene on there um i've also i'm really into my jazz and my blues so i've got some nina simone on there um i've got uh, a band called snarky puppy that's uh, not on there they're we, not on spotify they were on spotify are they off now no they're on spotify they definitely are i, I they are. couldn't find it We'll have a look. Oh, we'll have a look tomorrow. But we'll have another look. But yeah, Snarky Puppy and Lingus, which if it's not on there, check them out anyway. Cause they're, and there's a YouTube video for that track. It's about 10 minutes long. It's basically like an 18-piece experimental um, jazz band, um, very reminiscent of uh, Herbie Hancock and the Headhunters. Right. Yep. But what's great is the connection between all the musicians when they're playing, and they're just having fun. And I love that. Have you... um? Have you watched Whiplash yet? I love Whiplash. Whiplash is one of my favourites. And then obviously, you know, um, same director, La La Land, which I think is also a, a beautiful, beautiful yeah, film. Um, and it's, it's prompted quite a lot of conversations between my missus and I and my friends and I about you know how it ends and things like that. But I love Whiplash. The music in it, um, the acting in it, yeah, the whole thing is fantastic. Have you seen it? It's fucking amazing, yeah. mate. 
I really fun. Watched good. it and then watched it again. Mm. Um, I had to watch it back to back because yeah. I, I, that's how much I enjoyed it. So um, yeah, my music playlist is very eclectic, and then it has two Prince tracks in it because um, he's my ultimate hero, apart from Stu and Chris, obviously. But um, but yeah, so uh, two of my favourite Prince tracks, and Stu and I had a bit of a chat earlier on, didn't we? Yep. We agreed on one of them, maybe for the top ten, definitely. Um, but not so much the other. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But Western music, um, probably more folk. Yep. Than country and western, but I've got nothing against it. Yep. Okay. Brilliant. What's next, mate? What's next? So, um, this is a remake. Okay. Uh, another 2007 film as well. Um, Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, um, and Ben Foster, who ben for Foster. me is the person that really stands out in this I film. I completely agree, mate. Like, I can't, it's, it's annoying because I'm agreeing with you yeah. too much. I'm going to have to, I'm just going to start fucking just, just disagree for the sake of it, yeah. But Ben, ben at that point, firstly, 310 to Yuma is the shit. That's it, 310 to Yuma, uh, yeah. The original, um, but this, um, I saw the, orig- uh, the remake before the original. This is the bollocks in terms of. Uh, as well, I prefer style. the remake. To the original, yeah. which is not often the case with me. No, no, fair, fair shout. But Ben Foster was just—I thought he—he he was just knocking out solid movies mm. around around that time, and he's still a favourite. He actually, yeah. weirdly, one that would potentially make my list uh, now is Hell or High Water. Yeah, great film. Uh, and you know what? It was again—it was one of the ones mm. I had a list of about twenty and had to go yeah. through them and decide. But yeah, Hell or High Water is fantastic. It's dope, and that's again Ben Foster. Yeah. a strong fucking actor, and in this three ten to humour. He's quality. I think he's really chewing it up a little bit. He's like slightly overacting, hmm. but I don't mind that because I think in a Western, having that bad guy that is a bit of a caricature of himself yes. yeah. isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. And in this, I think he is yeah, evil and sadistic. There's a great scene at the end where he basically um, corrals part of the local town to help him um, in a gunfight. And then he decides halfway through that he doesn't like the way people are doing it. So he just starts picking off the guys that are meant to be helping him and just shooting the people that are on his side. And you just think, what an evil bastard. I love it. Um, I love the Western outfit. So I drive a a 1952 Chevy pickup, obviously. Why wouldn't you? Um, I used to have a really beautiful set of cowboy boots until Glastonbury bit them one year and they didn't make it back. Um, And some amazing belts and whatnots. Um, But I love in 310 to Yuma, um, his coat that he wears it's like a tan leather jacket that's slightly military and he just looks fucking flying it so um, yeah Ben Foster for me is great Christian Bell plays this um, uh, sort of quite hard done by dad so again it's that traditional he's got something to prove to his family that he's not worthless that he's got something that he can like provide them with his son doesn't really believe in him doesn't really like him his son's played by a guy called Logan Lerman and I'll be honest with you I think he's a bit of a prick Um, however in other films he is really good but I hate him in this film Russell Crowe plays like the um, the boss bad guy um, who uh, essentially gets kind of put under arrest and all of a sudden the local marshals need to get some help in getting Russell Crowe to the train station so he can get the 310 to Yuma which is going to take him to the prison and um, Christian Bell needs some money uh, needs to save his ranch which is you know good old-fashioned stories what does he do he ropes himself in and says I'll do it for some money um, and then he's basically it's a story about him um, earning his son's respect proving himself and um, and it's the relationship between Christian Bale 
and Russell Crowe yeah. uh, that changes throughout the film. And the ending, which I won't spoil, has got a real nice kind of twist in it. Yeah, um, him trying to prove himself to his son and um, his son obviously trying to rebel a little bit. Um, it's It's got this kind of real sepia tone to the whole thing. It's dusty. Um, I, I just absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I think it's really good. The costumes in it all the way through are fantastic. Uh, there's a good score to it. And um, like I say, the remake, it's a 1957 with Glenn Ford. I think the remake's better, mm. personally. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it, mate? Have you I haven't, seen no. It? no. And I'm trying to work out who Ben Foster is. It's a funny one, Ben, because he might not just stand out, no. will he, in a list he's, um, of uh, actors? He's, he's not ever a lead actor. You'd never really necessarily uh, see him as a main character. But um, he's, uh, he's a phenomenal guy. And uh, Have you ever seen Alpha Male? When Justin Timberlake yes. decided to. He's the nut job, but goes around beating, beating the crap out of everyone. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Man looks up a thing on Google. He's got a big mm. forehead. Yeah, he has got a big forehead. That was originally his name. That's him ben, fat. Ben Forehead. <laughs> he looks like a hybrid in that picture of um, Hayley Joe Osmond <laughs> and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, amazing. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that you expect to see him, especially in the Western where he's got a goaty beard and a yeah. bit of stubble. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, and, and in that, that film, I think he just brings a whole nother level to the film I think it's brilliant I think it's absolutely brilliant and Christian Bale not my favourite actor um, he's got some brilliant films under his belt I'm not going to deny that but um, he's not my favourite actor Russell Crowe is absolutely not my favourite actor but I think in this film they all do a really solid job what should be for Russell Crowe um Shoes uh, added a Russell Crowe tattoo he's got he's got a a gladiator tattoo across his back fancy I yeah. I'm not putting it past him. That's the thing. No, um, no, I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm not a fan. I just. I've never really found him that engaging. And uh, didn't he pick fights on people in the much like and... Christian Bell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's Salman, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was just never the one for me. But mm. um, but no, I've got nothing against him personally. But it's just yeah. I think in this film they all do a really good job. Um, I think it's a it's a really good version of an old film that I liked. Um, and it's a film we talked about this uh, with the Tarantino films it's a film that I will re-watch over and yeah. over again yeah. and not get bored of no. whereas there are other westerns that I'll watch once and then be like okay I've done that that's good yeah, and I'll move on yeah, yeah exactly yeah, for sure aside from from like westerns yep. what is your um, kind of go-to movie if you just want to watch something that you've watched a few times before and you you, you just want to kind of don't really want to think about anything. Yeah. You just want to throw on something that you just think, yep, I, I know it inside out. It's not going to, I'm writing a menu, so I need to focus on this, but I want something on. What's going to go for? I don't know. There's so much choice nowadays. Um, and I think the problem is, is if I'm concentrating, some of those films that I'd maybe go to that I've seen over and over again are too distracting. So Quadrophenia, oh. um, the soundtrack for that would just distract me too much and, and I'd, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. And Easy Rider as well, same yep. sort of thing. Mm. I think those two films, bizarrely, sit side by side in my you know, DVD stand. Yep. Um, uh, you know, Whiplash, I've, I will watch over and over again, of recent films, Guardians of the Galaxy, because of the soundtrack of it. And it's a film you don't need to concentrate on. It's like every now and then there's a little bit of a, sh- a loud bit where they're fighting and something happens, mm. and you can pay attention for a second, watch it, and go, right, that was good, and then carry on with your, yep. with your day life. Um, 
so I don't know whether there's a particular film that I'll go back to anymore, but I think probably if you asked me ten years ago, it'd have been things like Leon, oh, um, which was a hell. brilliant film, mm. uh, Ronin and Heat, yep. uh, you know Pacino yep. and De Niro, um, like those kind of films. But like for me, it's normally thrillers more than anything that I I like going back to. Yeah, and because my memory's a bit shit. I'll often forget what the twist is, yeah. and oh, it was him. I, yeah. I remember that now. We, but, were, um, we were talking about villains the other day, and uh, Gary Oldman in Leon came up. Oh, Funny enough, we, I started watching a film with Gary Oldman and Kevin Bacon in the other day. I said to the missus, "I was like, he was good in Leon, wasn't he? He was so good in that." He fucking smashed it out of the park. He's one of my favourite UK actors, definitely. Yeah. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's, um, I was listening to um, Adam Buxton's podcast the other day and, uh, and he had Kathy Burke on there and, um, and, and she was speaking about her relationship with Gary Oldman over the years, mm. being friends and, and Harry, in her own words, become an arsehole. Um, <laughs> but she said she put that down to being an alcoholic. Really? And, and then obviously he dried out. And she was talking about, because he directed Neil by Mouth, I believe. Yep. And uh, and she was talking about you know how she didn't want to do that film because she didn't want to work with Gary Oldman and her agent was going read the script and she was going I don't want to work with Gary again I don't want to work with him again read the script she read the script and was like oh, I can't I do this like, yeah. yeah it was really interesting and like and then she said like it was it was cool it dried out and yeah. like yeah um, I think Gary Oldman's made some fucking films some proper good films. His role in True Romance. Oh, mm. uh, True Romance is such a film. Is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even realise that <laughs> that was Gary Holman. Yeah. When I first watched True Romance, years and years later, I think, then obviously watched Leon at some point, mm. a bunch of his other movies, and I went back and I thought, fuck me, he's Troxler in, in yeah. True Romance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just... Such a dude. Yeah. Um, and cool. he's like he's great because all of his characters are so different as well, which I love. That's what is a huge um, appeal, I think. A fifth element. 
How good is he oh, in that? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Gary Oldman for me, a bit of a legend, and um, yeah, I'll often go back to to the old school, like the '90s films, like Leon. Um, they stand a good test of time, I think. Do you reckon you could pull off a Stetson, Chris? I used to. He's go got a beard for it. I used to go into a shop <laughs> uh, with a mate, and we didn't even know what Stetsons were. And we used to just walk into this cowboy shop and go, um, I'd like a Stetson, please. And then just run out. Just like, like fucking kids. So many things I want to talk about here. Pick one. You used to walk into a cowboy shop. Yeah, what are you, one... fucking Mr. Ben? Mate. What he's like... <laughs> there used to be one in, uh, in Eastgate. A cat? What is yeah, a cowboy like, shop, well, you yeah, prick? You had, like, all right, there used to be one in Rayleigh Lane's. A cowboy yeah, shop. There you go. Stick it up your ass. Used to be yeah, a saloon yeah, doors yeah, on the front. Yeah, like, yeah there was. Just actually. go in and someone would like just shoot Howdy. a glass right along a bar. Spit into a can. <laughs> just a geezer outside on a rocking chair with an half cocked shotgun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all cowboy, cowboy themed attire. Yeah. And so for years we'd go in there and just the guy must have been so sick of us because we'd go in there and go, you got any Stetsons, mate? And then we go, no idea what we was asking for. Brilliant! So wish you would have bought a six shooter and just shot you in the leg. Any <laughs> chance of that, mate? Okay. Um, should we move on to num numero tre? Dry. Yeah. What? What? Dry. Dry. Three in German. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Is it? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. German is dry. Eins zwei drei. Eins zwei drei. But um. So number three, mate. I'm not sure numero is uh, German. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Just no. saying. Mixing it up. <laughs> You're more than welcome to pick on Chris. It's kind of what we do. You're back on the show, but deep dives. It's the oh. gateway suite. That's what it is. Um, you'll be on the harder stuff later. So number three. Number three is a film that came out this year um, with Mr. Hugh Jackman. Um, and it's called Logan. And... Smash him. What film? Have you both seen it? Yes. Um, brutal, brutal film. Super brutal. Uh, first word in it, fuck, which is um, oh, yeah. fairly tough. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's uh, directed by James Mangold. And I didn't actually realise that um, James Mangold also directed 310 to Yuma. Um, so two in my ah. top five. I wasn't aware of that until uh, yeah. did a little bit of research. Um, anyone that hasn't seen it, it's about Wolverine from um, the uh, X-Men. But it's, for me, uh, a Western in the sense that it's that father, son, and in fact, it's actually in this film, it's kind of three generations to a certain extent, not necessarily related, um, father, son and grandson, um, who all have to uh, prove themselves to one another, look after one another, um, overcome a fucking incredible hurdle. Um, they have to make it to the border, which again yeah. was a traditional um, story you'd get in a Western, mm. getting to the Mexican border. Um, there's a lot of violence. It's really bloody. Oh, mate. It's. I mean, there's um, a lot of discussion about what the certificate rating should be for it. And I don't think there's any question that it shouldn't have been anything other than an 18. It's, what was it? What? It's an 18, but I think there's a lot of people that are saying, well, it's an X-Men film, so surely we should make it you know, accessible. But no, I mean, I think there's at least three heads that come off uh, during the film. And yeah, I mean, it is, it's bloody, it's violent, it's gory. Um, it's just brutal. I love the fact that it's dusty and sandy yeah. and sun bleached. I really like that. 
the music in it is fantastic. When I mean, we spoke about Johnny Cash earlier, yeah. the um, the trailer for it just it's said, one of the best trailers yeah, yeah shivers up my spine. Yeah. And yeah, I absolutely agree. For me this year, that was was up there. It was one of the best. It's got that whole sort of like redemption sort of vibe because yeah. like both Logan and um, Charles in that have done things that they sort of regret and they're sad about and there's a sadness in yeah. them. And so you have that violent, incredibly brutal thing but you have this soft and beautiful thing in it yep. as well don't you yeah he kid talks, was amazing oh the kid's oh, yeah. phenomenal well he yeah. talks to the kid at one point wakes yeah, up I having, said uh, soft and beautiful and you went oh the kid was amazing soft and beautiful that's because that's how your mind works <laughs> <Creepy>. <laughs> there's a scene where he wakes up from a nightmare and uh, the kid says have you had a nightmare he says yes he said it's about all of the people that I've killed mm. and it is it's exactly like it's that remorse that he's had but then there is a scene in the middle of the film where um, they spend some time with a family and they've just helped this family sort of get yeah, their horses yeah, back yeah. on a trailer and the family invite yeah. them to have dinner and uh, Charles Xavier played by Patrick Stewart says to him this is like one of the nicest days I've had in a long time mm. and it is it's that soft and beautiful moment that they have where they realise that there's more to life and it is about family and it's about doing the right thing and helping your your fellow human yep. and I think or or, or mutant but mm. um, but uh, yeah it is that it's that whole thing about you know these are normal people that have to uh, go through some unsurmountable odds to do the right thing and that moral dilemma again about whether they're doing the right thing um and I, yeah, it's just a stunning film. And it really surprised me because I think whenever I go and see a film about something like a superhero or an X-Man or something mm-hmm. that's got that kind of stigma about it, inevitably I go into it thinking, I'm not going to like this. Yeah, They're going right. to fuck it up. And I think they nailed it. I think they did really well. And I mentioned earlier about Shane. Right, yeah. So there's a scene uh, where they get to a hotel and um, Patrick Stewart and the uh, kid played by Daphne Keane, looks at his notes, mm-hmm. um, are in the hotel watching TV and Shane's on. And um, he says, this is the first film that I watched and they watch oh. it and it's all a bit emotional. Yeah. And then later on, yeah. um, he uh, something happens and the girl does a bit of a quote from, yeah. from Shane. And oh, it, fantastic. Again, it just drags that western element back to it and it's a great nod and it's it's beautiful um yeah for such a bloody and violent film i think that right i think it effectively has raised the bar in terms of what those superhero movies are because it is again it reinforces that it's not the superheroes that's important yeah what's important is the is the relationships absolutely and the plot points and how the how the, the story's driven forward so and I think Logan just nailed that perfectly. Like I was getting upset in it, watching it. It was really, it really got me. I was absolutely choked up. Um, and yet at the same time, it's about a guy with adamantium claws and a, so it's like got this. But, you know, they're not running, but they're not running around in yeah. fucking underpants outside there. But I think leggings or whatever. We said on the drunk cast when we we spoke about a few films and, mm. and we'd all seen Logan and. You know, I, I know you love your comic books and stuff, mm. and and I don't. I'm not yeah. into it and. My, my missus loves X-Men films and, and, and I'm just not into them. Exactly the same with my house. And, and I went to watch Logan purely, but in honesty, so I could have Pick-A-Mix. <laughs> I, I thought, I'll have some Pick-A-Mix and watch a film. Yeah. And I weren't bothered about watching it. I don't know anything about Wolverine. I know he's got metal fingers. Um, and and that was it. We've and, all been uh, there. Metal and fingers. 
and I watched the film and the Metal Fingers and whatever the backstory was with X Men had no Didn't effect matter. on me Didn't because matter. it was about a relationship yep. and it was about good versus evil and it was it was just fucking brilliant. We are um at number two. Yes. On um your top five Westerns post two thousand. Yes indeed. I have gone for uh, a film called Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Um, it's a film that um, it kind of crosses the genre between Western and, and horror to a certain extent. And horror is not necessarily my favourite kind of film. Um, it's got Kurt Russell in it yep. uh, playing a really gnarly um, sheriff. Uh, Patrick Wilson and uh, Matthew Fox um, playing uh, some of the other roles. Basically, um, Patrick Wilson's wife uh, gets kidnapped by some um, savages. Uh, They are uh, Native Americans that are also cannibals. When is it set? Um, 1800s. So set in the kind of Western era. Um, They ride horses. They're Indians. You know, it's the traditional kind of cowboy and and, and Indian uh, setting. Um, But these guys are a little bit kind of Aztec, a bit kind of like they're cannibals, they eat, they kill. Um, Apocalypto style? Yeah, very much along those lines. Um, the storyline is basically that Kirk Russell's going to now lead this posse to go and try and rescue uh, the wife mm. and a couple of other people that have been taken by these savages. Um, and just, you know, half of the film is is them basically trying to go and track these yeah. these Indians and, and, and find out where they live and, and rescue the, uh, uh, the the girlfriend or the wife. Um, and that whole journey is, is brutal, it's bleak, um, it's dangerous. You know, they're on this quite dangerous path and they could be attacked at any one time. Um, uh, Patrick Wilson's um, fallen off a roof uh, before the film happened and uh, has hurt his leg so he can't yeah. really kind of keep up with everybody on his horse properly um, and he'd struggle obviously if their horses get taken which happens to be that halfway through their horses mm. get taken as well mm. so the whole thing is kind of doomed to fail from the start and you're just thinking what are they going to do and these Indians are vicious little fuckers mm. um, what's great about the film is there's no music and you don't really notice it when you're watching it um, but yeah, no music at all, which gives it a really eerie sense. Mm. And the Indians that have captured his wife, um, they don't really speak. But one thing they've done is they've put in this bit of carved bone into their voice box, somehow surgically put it in there. So when they scream, it makes this kind of otherworldly, almost like animal kind mm. of uh, shrill, which is quite scary, And but it's how they communicate. And that almost replaces the music oh, that you get yeah yeah it is and i, I like i like a lot of movies I, I do love music in movies we've you know all been there but i think movies where they don't rely on music to drive your emotion is a difficult thing to do um, but i think like using the the elements that are around you uh, is a really good way of pulling you into a movie yeah and bone tomahawk does that really well and like you know even when they're camping out overnight you get that feeling and that tension when they're sort of looking out into the dark and they're not sure what's there and stuff like that it's it it emphasizes it in a way so it's it's really clever and um yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it for the fact it doesn't have the music in it. And as a movie as well, just it's terrific. I only watched it recently, probably in the last six months, I think. 
Um, I think it's on Netflix at the moment. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I think mm. so. And it is, uh, it's well worth a watch, but it's, um, it's pretty uh, full on. Mm. Um, again, like the, the kind of characters you've got is essentially four characters going on for the rescue and they are all very conflicting, which is interesting yeah. as well because they're essentially all on the same mission. They're all going out to save, save the girl. Um, but for very different reasons and yeah. in de- very different ways. And that's interesting. Um, it's pretty gory in uh in, in stages there's um there's a scene towards the end where uh a man's essentially scalped and then um basically split in two from the groin uh and and ripped in half by mm-hmm. these uh, savages and yeah you get to see a fair amount of that which yeah. is which is awful really but, graphic and yeah. really uncomfortable scene yeah but it's a, it's a, a really interesting film shot in uh, 21 days for 1.8 million dollars so real small budget fast filming um and they've done a phenomenal job of it mm. worth checking out that's on Netflix. That's great. I'll and any movie with Kurt Russell in, he's just automatically. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think he, he again, he's a bit like um, you know, in our earlier films, we had uh, what's his face uh, playing the sheriff. Who am I looking for? So, Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he does another good job of playing the sheriff in this. I mean, he's he's now looking pretty old and pretty tired. Yeah. He's got an awesome beard going on, yeah. and he does a, a really good job in that role. They move into that uh, Danny Glover era of I'm too old for this <laughs> I'm shit. Too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, but yeah, superb film. And if you don't mind watching something that is a little bit gory, yeah, check it out. Yeah, because I actually, I, um, to me, it was put to me as a horror. And so I kind of watched it with the, the thought of it in my head, always in the back of my head of it being a horror. And it does really sort of fulfill that. Mm. You know, and like I think the, the, it's the, you know, that in scene my... that Tony's talking about is uncut. Like you, as a man, when you see them, you know, split him in half from the groin first. It's it's not a comfortable yeah. thing to watch. I think it sat in my Netflix box for a good couple of weeks before I decided to get around mm. and watch it. It was like, okay, it says Western. It's got Kurt Russell. <laughs> this could be yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite so sure. Mm. I, I loved it. And I mean, I, Apocalypto, I thought, was absolutely yeah. brilliant. There was I that, really the, liked that. The, the scene in Apocalypto that freaked me out, and, and I enjoyed that film, um, was um, just when they first ransacked the camp. Right, right. Picks a baby up and slams a baby in yeah. the floor, and like, and I'd never seen anything like that in mm. a film before. And I watched it again about six months ago, and I thought, I know that scene's coming. I don't want to watch don't that. Don't want still gets you. Yeah. Like, it's it just fucking strange. Yeah, and like, strange. obviously, it's horrific what they're doing, but generally in film, you're not exposed to that. No. All sorts of other fucked up mm. shit, but I'd never seen that, and yeah, I was like, no. "Whoa, yeah, that's fucking brutal!" It was right. quite brutal. It was Mel Gibson, wasn't it? That yeah. was his directed that, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that bit as well. I thought that was really hard to watch. And then the bit when I just thought how we directed and how we built the suspense of just before, like when they were doing the sacrifices. Yeah. Because you felt there with the the slaves, you really felt, "Oh my god, they're they're just." Watching other people having their hearts ripped out and their necks. Their necks. I know it's coming. What a yeah. fucking say. Like in terms of horror, in terms of what horror is, the expectation of horror is always yeah. a lot of the times worse than what happens to you. And that being in that queue and you're like, you're next. Yeah. And how he directed that was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a cracking movie. All done in like the native language. Yeah. Which is proper. Everyone was always a bit dubious about it, and yeah, it turned out to be great. There's another uh, good film called The Badlands, where it's a similar sort of thing. It's a tribal film, and 
um, guy has to kind of cross essentially the badlands, mm. which is meant to be haunted, but essentially it's just patrolled by one crazy native guy <laughs> that like is kick ass hard. Yeah. Um, and that's all again in another another language. I'm not sure what, but it's again a brutal but very interesting I'm film. Have to check that out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think with Mel Gibson. Um, <laughs> There's many things with yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> nah. But um, obviously, growing up, he mm-hmm. was he was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. lethal weapon. You know? lethal he was weapon, yeah. Mad Max. Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's right. Yeah, um, lethal weapon. Yeah. And I was always, con- you know, confused as to why, like, he was. It was Mel, so he was cool. Mm-hmm. Melvin, that's not cool, is it? <laughs> Melvin. Why did no one ever call him Melvin Gibson? For that reason, brother. Yeah. <laughs> There's Lethal another weapon starring Melvin Gibson. There's another actor who uh, who turned to religion and went a bit weird, which great actor, Tom Cruise. But yeah. Thomas Cruise? Eh, Thomas that's not so cool. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if they're their real names though, because Thomas often... Cruise. Yeah, they change them a lot. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. He's weird, isn't he? Sure he's, is, mate. Yeah. Still yeah. good actor though. He's a yeah. He's, I, I mean, he's got some great film. I, you never really want to admit to it. On oh shit, but, <laughs> but no, you know what? I nearly went for top five Tom Cruise films because I just thought. What's number one? I don't know, mate. I I, I love Top Gun. I love um, uh, Days of Thunder. Um, yeah, there is. I think he's got some absolute cracking. But for me, it's like the old nineties ones. Um, Rain Man. Rain Man's a bloody yeah, brilliant yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's got to be the old 90s films for me more than the recent ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jerry Maguire styling, that's a solid movie. Yeah. But even some of his later films have been, yeah. been pretty good. Ed, ed, oh, yeah. Edge gotcha. ed, ed of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow is superb. Yeah. Love that really film. Good. That's something I have watched over and over again. Cocktail. Just, Cocktail. For, just for Elizabeth yeah. Shoe. Mm. Yeah. Well, Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow was based on a comic. as And Logan, going yeah. back to the previous one. They did a comic called Old Old Man Logan, yep, which is right. fucking amazing, and that was even more Western than what more linked to um, the, than even the, the the movie. So that's definitely a good read. That one, yeah. I'll, I'll buy that and check. Yeah, that out. yeah. No, I'll bring I love it a comic. We'll borrow it off Pip. Uh, um, okay. Any so... more on Mister Bone Tomahawk? Are we we good? To I think on? we're there with Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Have you guys got any? Uh, Alternative westerns that you'd have thrown in the, the mix. Um, I, I I love Django, as we said earlier. Yeah. Um, Tombstone, I thought was fucking brilliant. I love Tombstone. Um, I like uh, Val Kilmer in it. Purely for Val Kilmer. Yeah. Although I think it was a nineties film. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. 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 uh, it was one of those I looked at and thought ah, it doesn't quite make the cut for me because yeah. of the date, yeah. which was a shame. But uh, it's a superb film. Yeah. Hello, High Water. Like yeah, I think you're right. Would, would definitely would, be, would would slip in somewhere. Go think. back and watch that. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's um, no, good. I don't think yeah. I can think of any other alternative westerns really, or westerns. It's interesting when you go and watch a film though, and every now and then you think, oh, is this a bit western? Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, interesting just to look at films like that. I think. Have you got a cowboy outfit? Um, I think I got one from the same shop Chris did. I haven't, I'm afraid. I haven't. I've got a pair of cowboy boots somewhere, I'm sure. Biker boots, maybe. Yeah. But that's, I think, as far as I go. And obviously, I've definitely got leather chaps somewhere. Yeah. Standard. <laughs> I can rustle up a cowboy yeah. outfit, don't you worry. <laughs> what was um? What was the film with uh, Rene Zellweger in? Um, in the... Oh, but is it um, Cold Mountain? Mm, that was good. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Cold Mountain or Broke Broke Back Back Mountain. Mountain. I was waiting for that to come up. Mm -hmm. 
There's a, there is a good Robert Duvall, Kevin Costner film called Open Range that I think is worth checking out as well. But it's more tradi- it's a recent one, but it's, yeah. it's a traditional yeah. Western that I like. But I think also going to the alternative Westerns, there's a very good one with Sharon Stone, Penelope Cruz, yeah. and, oh God, what's her name? Salma Hayek. And just to have Penelope Cruz and Salma Hayek in Western outfits being cowgirl. <laughs> yeah, for me. Dear Lord. Ding, ding. Thanks, I'm done. Dear Lordy. Yeah. Can I rewrite my number one? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Salma Hayek is... She's my number one. Um, Dogma. 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 Glasses picked out. Oh, yep. yeah. Fuck me. Dogma and Dust Till Dawn, yep. but Dogma. Yeah. Yep. Dogma. Yeah. I think even in, uh, there's a scene in Desperado where she's singing a song Chewing on the gum, oh, twiddling gosh. her pulse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, getting distracted. Yeah. Top five uh, Salma Hayek uh, <laughs> moments. Outfits. <laughs> <laughs> What's the big number one? Big number one. Um, so, uh, my man crush is a Danish actor called Mads Mikkelsen, mm. who um, you may know from various films or the TV series Hannibal. Yeah. Uh, I think he's bloody gorgeous, I think, yeah. and I think he's a superb actor. Yeah. And in 2014, he made a western called The Salvation, um, and it was directed and uh, made by a Danish guy um, called Christian uh, Levering. Probably not pronounced like that, though. And for me, it sums up the ultimate kind mm-hmm. of Western. It is bleak. It's dark. It's moody. It's um, got the good guy, played by Mads Mikkelsen, who's got a bit of bad in him. He's, you know, he's ex-military. He knows how to kill. He's got to go and take on, you know, the posse of bad guys. Um the cinema photog- uh, photography in it is, is superb. There's um, a fairly opening scene where uh, he's on a stage uh, coach and he gets kicked off the stagecoach and it's in the middle of the night and uh, he has to go chasing past the stagecoach to catch up with it. So it's all shot at night and despite the fact that obviously set in the 1800s, mm. there's no natural light. Yeah, yeah. It's beautifully shot. There's right. just the right, right amount of accent and contrast, yeah. um, just the right amount of moonlight. Sort of, it's just stunning. Um, he goes through a bit of a traumatic time at the beginning um, and decides that he uh, needs to take revenge. And unfortunately, he takes revenge on the brother of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who, um, in my opinion, is a superb actor and plays basically yeah. the lead bad guy. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, says to the local town, you got to find the person that killed my brother. And if you don't find the person that killed my brother, then you've got two hours or you've got to bring me two people from the town that I'm going to go and kill. Yeah. And the town say, well, we don't know who it was. We don't know who <laughs> killed your brother. What are we going to do? And they basically offer up an old woman who's about 90 and a disabled fellow with no legs. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan basically stands up and just goes bang, bang, shoots these two people. And then he's looking a little bit dissatisfied and shoots the third person for good measure and just says, you brought me a fucking old woman and a cripple. What are you doing? Jeez. So this for people who don't know, this is the guy who's also recently played Negan, isn't he? In yeah. The Walking Dead. That's oh, right. really? Yeah, really yeah. good. Really great. Um, like brilliant actor. Um, so it then gets to the point where the town realise that it was Mads and they've kind of basically got to give him up to the bad guy otherwise he's going to start shooting more people um, and the rest of the film is basically Mads Mikkelsen against Jeffrey and 
his entire posse, which includes Eric Cantona. Um, (sighs) So all of a sudden we've got a French footballer playing a bad guy in a a Western film, which is great. Eva Green is in it, um, playing Smashing. sort of like the uh, the female protagonist and yep. the uh, bad side of the uh, of the group, and she's had her tongue cut out by uh, the Native Americans, and she's looking a little bit gothic and scary, and doesn't talk because, funny enough, you can't without a tongue. <laughs> um, it's got you know reminiscent of um, oil pumping days, and they've got like big puddles of oil in the middle of the ground that they're like just throwing people into when they want to get rid of a dead body. They've got buildings that are on fire or burnt down. Uh, the whole gunfight takes place in essentially like a um, a burnt down uh, village that's in the middle of like the desert, and it's just the whole thing is just stunning. But for me, it's that Mads Mikkelsen. Um, and just the way it's been filmed, it's a he's stunning, a, stunning He's film. a cracking actor. He and, really is. Uh, out of all the ones that you've mentioned, this is the one I haven't seen, yeah. and and I'm glad it's your number one because I'm. I was tempted to, you know, either watch it or just do a bit of research. And I thought, no, no, I want to get, I want to get the hype from Tony, and then I can go and enjoy it, yeah. basically. Um, but I even remember this advertised. Yep. And I was like, shit, I need to watch that. So it's, it's just one of those movies that's managed to skip me by. But Mads Mikkelsen, if he's as good as in this as he is in things like Hannibal, which is... Uh, have you watched that one? I have watched that one, yeah. Oh, yeah that yeah. was really I loved good. It. Yeah, Absolutely I really loved it. it. I thought it was fantastic. How that was shot, uh, the sound design in that was yep. hypnotising. And as a chef, mm. just watching him making that food and just the way their stylist must have come up with those plates and mm. then like shot yeah. them. and That, for me, is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the same sort of thing in this film. It's... Um, the the outfits in it are stunning. Um, the settings are stunning. The angles on it are beautiful. Uh, the colour in all of the shots are great. Um, and then the storyline itself, it's a fairly traditional storyline. Mm. Bloke takes revenge. Mm. But there are some absolutely brutal bits in it and the opening scene um, which essentially is the cause of this entire fight um, you're watching and you're uncomfortable throughout and you're watching it and you're uncomfortable and you know something's going to happen and you're waiting for it to happen but you're not sure how it's going to happen and then when it happens it breaks your heart and you Uh. think shit um, it's yeah, it's got the setup. It's got then like the the drawn out middle, and then the amazing gunfire at the end. Um, people on fire. It's got people <laughs> getting shot in the face. It's got knife wounds. You name it, it's got it. But it's just it's just really really elegantly done. I've got to be up tomorrow early, and yet I really want to go home now and watch it. So I think it's going to be a long day tomorrow by all accounts. Yeah, it's, man. it's always like that when you've got films that, you, um, that strike you uh, as being something interesting watching. You've got to want to watch them then. Um, but yeah, definitely save it for when you're awake because it's, it's <laughs> worth paying attention <laughs> to, um, especially just to see Eric Cantona. Oh my gosh. He's, he's done many. Has he, he's done, done a, a couple of films now, Yeah, I think. he's done a yeah. sprinkling now, isn't he, of movies and stuff. So, as we start to sort of wind it up a bit now, um, as we've, we've, we've done the two fives we and, have, and yeah. the, the time is ticking, Um Westerns aside, um, other five films, rattle a few off. Oh, um, talking about Tom Cruise, uh, The Colour of Money. 
Um, and the Hustler. Oh, of course. Paul Newman. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the Hustler, Paul Newman, and then Tom yeah. Cruise with him in yeah. uh, Colour of Money. I think yeah. they're great. Uh, Quadrophenia mm. and um, Easy Rider. They're, they're two of my favourite films, mm. and they're films that I love the soundtracks for them. I love the way they've been shot. So they the they like mean things for me mm. when I was growing up as well, riding scooters I, I, and bikes. I think so many people, certainly my age and probably older than me and probably some that are younger than me like yourself, Quadrophenia is a important mm. film massively yeah like um musically you know and just that whole thing of youth culture gang culture yeah yeah like um you know the, the need to belong the need to be part of something yeah you know and and I, I i don't necessarily think phil daniels is the greatest actor um but he nails jimmy yeah he does um, absolutely and Leslie Ash was pretty spectacular. Then. Oh yes, and, oh yes, uh, and yeah, I, I, I think it's this. I, I quote that film all night. Yeah, he's like, one of those. Uh, so I think yeah, they, those for me, sort of growing up, um, earlier growing up, were important. I think then as I got a little bit older, uh, but still growing up, it was things like Train Spotting mm. and. Um, What's the one set in a rave or where they were going to oh, a rave? Oh, Human Traffic, uh, Human mate. Traffic, yeah. Again, Solid. very different part of my life, but mm. obviously meant a lot to me then. Uh, as I got older, it was like the um, the Cornetto trilogy, all of the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost films. I absolutely love those. And for quotability, uh, you know, <laughs> Hot Fuzz and Shaun and the Dead, for me, are, are up there. I love those films. And not taking away anything from um, you know, the, uh, the World's End, because I think that's also mm, a yeah. fantastic film, but maybe not quite as good as the, uh, the first two. Um, looking at some of the... Uh, sort of foreign films, Old Boy, the original, oh. not not the remake with Matt mm. Brolin, but the yeah. original Old Boy. I mean, that's I think that's got to be up there in, in my you know in yeah my top. for sure incredible. We- yeah. Weirdly, uh, part of that Revenge trilogy of the three that yeah. Mark Trumwood did. Lady, Vin- Lady Vengeance yeah. is brilliant. Oh, yeah, again, it's. An, I mean, oh, the man. scene where they follow the microphone or the speaker to the microphone. Oh, my God, yeah. So he's sat there tied to a chair and they're all in another room saying what's going to happen to him next. A bit apocalypto-like. Mm. And you just follow that microphone lead and you think, shit, he's listening to all of this. <laughs> uh, mate. Um, yeah, films for me, they're great because they transport you to another world for an hour and a half. Mm. Um, and you get to enjoy that for a short period of time and then get on with your life mm. um i got the missus to watch um captain phillips tom uh, hanks film the other watch that for the first time about two months ago how many whiskeys did you need afterwards uh <laughs> i thought it was amazing it's phenomenal one of my favorite films Shit, in the last five years um. but we came out of the cinema and i said i need i need a really stiff drink now because the tension all the way through, but for that last half an hour is so, so high. Really? And it's set on a true story, so you may or may not know what's going to happen. Um, and it gets to the end, and I'm in floods of tears in the cinema. Yeah. Just can't control, my whole body's shaking. And I walked out the cinema, I was like, right, we need to go and get a drink. Bloody hell. And my missus was unsure good, whether or not she wanted to watch it. Well, and I got to watch it the other day after uh, she finished work one night. We were sat on the sofa, and... Uh, Halfway through it, I said, yeah, we're going to have a few tears again tonight. And yeah, sure enough, last half an hour, I was in bits. Just such an amazing, it's such a good film. And Sully is on a similar vein, but not quite as good. Captain Phillips for me is the one. But yeah, films for me, beautiful thing. Okay, so if people want to um, contact you, um, we urge you to um, 
send in your top five films in your top five suites, get involved with us all, have a chat. Yes, yeah. Um, what, what, what would your uh, top five alternative westerns? What one of what ones haven't we talked about? Yeah. So what have we missed? So get involved with us. Um, what's your Instagram or your Twitter handle, mate? So my Twitter is uh, is pretty simple. He says looking for it now. <laughs> it's uh, Tony. Uh, is it Tony Rod or one word? Tony Rod UK. So Tony Rod R O D D UK, um, and you'll find me on that. Or if you find the um, uh, Redshift Rebels and Stuart Whiffin sure. pages, Stu Whiffin. Stu Whiffin. But we also um, I've linked have... on there quite a lot. We have a hardcore listing Twitter and we have yep. a hardcore listing Instagram yep. and yes, a hardcore listing Facebook. So search them, add us, and subscribe to the podcast. Yep. Um, and thank you for your continued support. Um, mm, yeah, it's, sure. it's, we're having such a blast doing this and we yep. get to hang out with people like you, Tone, and, and chew the fat and have a drink and Free sweets. A load of sweets. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Got to say, mate, thank you very much. Thank you very um, much. Two so. great lists. Thanks for having me, lads. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and have some fun. sort of like sugar crash when I get home <laughs> and uh, try to not watch um, the run Salvation. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, mate, thank you so much. And we, when we put this out, we'll put we'll add you on there and we can we, we look forward to chatting to people uh, over social media about yeah. uh, what, what they li- just listened to and uh, what their favourites were. So yeah, and Tony, I believe you've got a restaurant happening in the process of absolutely. Or... Yeah, working on setting up the first restaurant in Blackheath, which hopefully will be open uh, end of summer called Copper and Ink. We're just uh, getting the last of the funding together. So if you've got any um, rich listeners that want to donate a couple of hundred grand to us. Uh, yeah, get in touch. Fantastic. Yeah, so follow at Tony Rod UK to find out the progress on that and then um, hit him up for some uh, free sweets and a free dinner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lovely. Cheers. Thanks ever so much, Tone. Cheers, guys. And, um, and we'll see you all very soon. Peace. Peace. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never really like felt like a fella like that to go off in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording. Yeah, yeah, we are, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. Hope you um, enjoyed that podcast um, with Tony, <laughs> lovely Tony. <laughs> oh, it was unexpected. That was. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, thank you, Tony. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming, Dan, and and talking about um, films and bringing us sweeties. Um, it was it was a really good time, um, and I'm sure. We will have you back on at some point um, for another list. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah those uh, his uh, movies. I was overly agreeing with Tony. Yeah, I I, I actually went out and um, bought the DVD of um, the Salvation. No, Bone. Um, oh, Bone but, Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Mm. Have you yeah. seen it yet? Not yet. No. Um, I'm, I may actually watch it this evening. Um, I have no event on this evening, so mm. I might give that a go. Um, I did speak to my dad about it, and he reiterated what you said about the scene when they split the guy in half. He's pretty fucking horrific. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, that might be my my big night in. Nice one, mate. Nice so, one. Um, you haven't invited me over. But don't worry about it. Forget no, about it. I'll just presume you'll be. Loitering with intent around female toilets How and some kind you. of secluded night spot. That's very rude. With a, yeah, kind of. With a here to help smile no, on my face. No, I was more with a, with a semi on was where I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Um, just kind of randomly just kind of brushing it against. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting sexy quickly, isn't it? <laughs>
<laughs> She's turning into a cold different type of podcast. Oh dear. Uh, quite literally a rodcast. Rodcast, um, yeah. So yeah, all right. Well look, thanks ever so much for listening. Go and subscribe. Um next week um it will be a listener top five um with Scrooby's Pip. With our bread being Scrooby. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we will be um talking about all the lists that you guys have sent in and when we told Pip we was doing that, he went, Can I come over and get involved? And obviously we was like Come over and um, welcome inside. Yeah, welcome to our house. Yeah, this is our house. house. Now you play by our fucking rules. Yeah, you're saying a drunk cast where we're like, gosh, no, Pip. Yes, Pip. Can we suck your ding dong, Pip? This is like, (laughs) this is our game. You play by our rules. That's it. Bearded bastard. Our rules happened to be when he came over. Yes, Pip. No, Pip. (laughs) Can we suck your willy, Pip? (laughs) But we. We picked those rules ourselves. Yeah, we chose to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we was in control. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus Christ, we talk some fucking mm-hmm. drivel. Um, see you next time for Pip. Go and subscribe, and thanks ever so much for listening. It's really, really appreciated. You are lovely, lovely people, and um, we have a right laugh doing this. Yeah, we so. welcome the feedback and, and uh, as much as the love. Yeah, go, go, go the on love. the uh, iTunes thing and just give us five stars but say some ridiculous shit about us. Yeah, make it up. Just make, yeah. it, make it up away. Yeah. Everyone loves lying. Yeah. Take ridiculous care. Ridiculous lies. Bye. <laughs>